What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Process Podcast. I am your host, Charlie Witkowski. This week, I am joined, as always, by my best friend and co-host, Nick Veronica. This week, Nick and I discuss all things Buffalo Bills, from the big news over the weekend with the Pagulas and the new stadium, and maybe moving to Austin, Texas? What? We also discuss the things that Nick saw this week at training camp. Positional breakdowns, offense, defense, wide receiver, what big steps does Allen need to take to be considered a, a an elite quarterback in this league if he is not already? And some surprising bubble cuts. Who may be the guy sitting on that bubble who may or may not make the 53-man roster? Remember to like, follow, and subscribe to us everywhere where you listen to your podcast. Give us a shout-out. Give us a question. Whatever you want to do, slide into those DMs on Twitter at the underscore process pod. And, of course, remember to always trust the process. Nick, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Charlie, I'm doing good. I went out to uh, Highmark Stadium on Saturday. We checked out Bill's camp with, I don't know, 15, 20,000 other people. It was it was a good experience. There's so much going on. It's hard to really hard to really focus on all of it because you can't watch everything all at once. But it was good just to be back there and to, uh, like, I don't know, the little kid behind me just asking, you know, I have these weird questions for his dad. And it was just, just, just good to be back around other people talking football. You know, it's funny. You talk about 20,000 people being at a, uh, being at a practice for the bills. Talking about practice. <laughs> I had someone getting some, uh, Florida fan of a certain AFT, AFC East Florida team trying to sit here and tell me how bills fans are not real fans, how they're the fakest fans. Oh, what the league. <laughs> Okay, okay. But, but yeah, but yeah, there they are showing up twenty thousand deep at a practice, man. Like that just shows you, like, like I don't care what anyone says anymore. All these fan voting things that all these uh, channels do, like it's done and over with. How many teams are having twenty thousand people showing up to a practice? Not many, if any, just the Bills. That conversation can just stop right there. I mean, come on, buddy. Right, right, like, right, right. Coming from a take Dolphins the, fan, like take the lost. tailgating, take the tailgating out of it, man. Like. Bills fans in general are the best, most loyal fans in, in any sport. I I put some Sabres fans second, not all Sabres fans, but Buffalo's Buffalo sports fans in general are the just the most loyal fans. I don't care what anyone says. I mean, but, it's, it's it's so funny you say that because I keep thinking about the time the the Sabres had like people in the upper deck for like the prospect camp or whatever. Yeah, man. Yeah, and then yeah. now now you can't get people to watch a game. No, and it's going to be funny. It's going to it's going to change uh, quite a bit. But Nick, you brought up training camp, and as excited as we are that training camp is back and football season is four weeks away, five weeks away, um, we have to talk about the news that came out this morning, and the Pagulas just putting a sour taste in everyone's mouth after an exciting start of training camp. All right. If you didn't see the story, the Buffalo News reported today that the initial stadium talks uh, with the Pagulas in New York State and Erie County, uh, they, they want $1.5 billion. $1.1 billion of that will go to build, a, in their mind, a new Bill Stadium right next to the first one, like the Krusty Krab 2. <laughs> and and then the other $400 million will go to renovating key bank center for the sabers and in their proposal they would like the taxpayers to pay 
100% and the Pagulas to pay 0%, which is, um, this is not a word we say often on this podcast, some complete bullshit that doesn't even deserve to see, see, it's not worth the paper it's printed on. That's never going to happen. That's a total non-starter for the state government and for Erie County. And to be honest with you, it's just such a bad look on the Pagulas to even suggest something that outrageous. A lot of people on Twitter defend them and say, it's a negotiation. Shut up. Okay, like, go shut up. No stadium has been fully financed like that. And for all, like, the crap that these people have pulled, laying everybody off, acting like, you know, claiming poor for the last year and a half, mismanaging the saber, you know, all this, you know, the list is we can keep going for a long time here. Just to even put out there that it should be 100% is absolutely ridiculous. All right. It's the study after study after study says these economic impacts is complete baloney, not going to happen. The public payoff for funding a stadium with taxpayer money almost never comes back to fruition the way they say it will. It's, It's not worth it. It's nonsensical. I don't even, I mean, take, you know, Build your own damn stadium, number one. Okay, you're the billionaire. Don't 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 ask these thousandaires to you know supplement your stadium that you're gonna get the profits from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why are you you know? Do you really need a new stadium right next to the original one? Like if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna build a new one, you put a dome downtown, and then you're like, it's cool and exciting and different. Okay, if you're gonna stay in Orchard Park, just keep renovating the one that's perfectly fine. Okay, right. I'm not saying it's beautiful. It's not state of the art. It's not sexy. It's a stadium, and it's only bad relative to other palaces in the NFL. It's a perfectly fine stadium, and it's 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 very Buffalo. We can't sell out tons and tons and tons of you know premium seats and boxes and all that stuff like the Dallas Cowboys can or like Los Angeles can. All right, that's not you know what are you gonna you gonna Ask the taxpayers to pay for these empty box seats. Like, well, I don't know. And I, I get that. It, I mean, if you, you know, if you were negotiating, wouldn't you start asking? I wouldn't be a moron. I wouldn't have everyone hate me. Yeah, you know, I looked up like, like obviously, you don't have another football team to compare it to in New York State, right? It's only the Bills are the only football team in New York State. What happened in Jersey doesn't count, right? But for the Yankees, you, you, you look up another sports team in New York, right? That stadium cost the Yankees uh, $2.3 billion to build that stadium, okay? Of that $2.3 billion, I tweeted this out today. Let me pull up what I said. Um, the Yankees paid $450 million of the $1.3 the billion uh, you know, or two point three billion that it cost to build a new Yankee Stadium. I don't see the Pagulas just giving the. I don't see the New York State giving the Pagulas all the one and a half billion that they're asking for. Um, but I do think that there's a negotiation to, to be made. I think the Pagulas threatening to move the team to Austin is not the correct way to do things. All right, if if you missed that detail, that uh, the Buffalo news story. Uh, it was kind of weird the way they worded it. They said they have not made any valid threats, but they did mention other cities would be very interested. I'm like, well, that sounds like a veiled threat. And then ESPN reported today citing an ownership source that Austin, Texas would be interested in 
apparently taking this team. I mean, first of all, if a team happened to become available, yeah, lots of cities would say that they were interested. Right. Um, I is Austin, Texas already has the University of Texas there, which is basically a professional team to them. They're going to build another new stadium and then go to that after the game on Saturday. They're going to go on Sunday. I don't know. Right. That I mean, I, let's be honest. If the Bagulas move the team out of Buffalo, they better sell the Sabres right away because they won't be able to step foot in that city ever again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I, and, 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 I, can't, I can't see him doing that. The guy cried when he saw some old hockey players. He can't. Right, but he was a Sabres take... fan, not a Bills fan. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but the a like that goes hand in hand. It's you're insulting. Like even if he's not personally didn't grow up with Bills fandom, the people that he's a Sabre that are all fellow Sabres fans are almost all also Bills fans. Like. I don't know that this person, A, could physically take getting hate mail every day for the rest of his life. He would have to sell the Sabres just because, like, the hate would be extreme. People would stop going to Sabres games altogether so they have no money coming in. People have already stopped going to Sabres games well, when they still the, like the, the, different, the The difference is people stop. There are still some people that go. But a lot of people stopped going, obviously, A, last season because of COVID, and B, because of the team they put on the ice. This year, I think a lot of people are knowing that the Sabres are going to be – a rebuilding team for the other three years. I think still people will still go because something to do in the wintertime if they can. Mm-hmm. But I think if you move the team out of Buffalo, like there, nobody, when I say nobody, like there will not be a cricket in the stands at a Sabres game. You could almost make an argument that Pagula should sell the Sabres to fund the Bills stadium that way. Yeah. Why not? Look, I'm all for, and maybe I think of this. Not that they would like, get one. I don't know that the Sabres would even get close to 1.5 billion by the, or 1.1 billion. But I don't think I don't think the Pagulas are going to pay for it all, and that's fine. You know the way these things work in every other city and every you know in every other state in the country is the teams and the city split the cost, right? Uh, uh, in some in some way, right? There's got to be some way some way back and forth where they figure something out and and split the cost. And they get to leave the team in Buffalo because again, you move this, especially them, man. Like I can't. The fact that I saw that pop up today that they are threatening to move the team to Austin if they can't come to a conclusion on on this money well, for our stadium, it's just ridiculous. I don't know if the Pagulas directly said Austin. ESPN reported citing an ownership source, which I don't believe was from Buffalo, that said Austin may be a potential city. Right. Right. He said. Um, I forgot. So what I mean, was. I'm saying I don't think the Pagulas have directly made that connection to Austin, but it, it, the dots are being aligned on their behalf in that sense, I guess. Yes. But yes. by the way, while you're talking about financing, uh, look what just happened in Los Angeles. Stan Kroenke paid 5.5 billion dollars himself, right. totally financed it, no help at all. Uh, and that stadium, I mean, it's it's more than a state; it's a complex, basically. It's a campus, right? Five point five billion, privately funded. Right now we're talking. All right. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like it's he's a different type of animal, right? I think Stan Kroenke. Let me look this up while we're talking about him, right? I mean, he is he's richer than the Pagula, so like that's a factor. But also, right, right. um, the New York State's response should have been so. So Stan Kroenke is worth eight point two billion dollars. Yeah, that's and the way Bagulas more than are worth Bagula. five. I think I said five point four. That's, I mean, three billion is a ton of money, and that's, I mean, that's including 
the value of their football team in there and all the other teams that currently I mean, if they need the money, they could sell their 900 or their $9 million yacht or however much they pay for the stupid thing. Like that's like, super yacht that, to you, Charlie, whatever, man. Look, I'm never going to be on a yacht, so I don't care what you want to call it. It's just, it's a boat that I'll never be on. I'm my big thing. And I, 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 I there, there's, there's people with money who do good with their money. And there's people with money like the Pagulas lately who have become all about themselves. And that's bullshit. Bullshit. Man, that's three three shits we've dropped on this four now <laughs> on the podcast today. Um well, let's start with the Pagulas dropping a big one. Yeah, right, right. I, I don't think that's they're it. gonna look, I I, I every, everyone in New York State needs to be aware right now. You're going to pay for some of the stadium. They're not gonna okay, pay for I all. mean you don't have to. Everyone said that, you know. This is if you have not read up on like the history of stadium talks, this is how every single stadium talk goes. They say, Oh, if you don't give us money, we might leave. And it's always this empty threat. And I mean, people talk about St. Louis, but guess what? Stan Kroenke wanted to get out of St. Louis anyway. He wanted that team gone. Okay. If the owner really wants the team gone, yeah, they can, they can play hardball some more. Terry Pagula would be an idiot to take his team out of, out of Buffalo. Look again. If the Bagulas move the Bills out of Buffalo, they better sell the Sabers right away. Because there's no way that they could ever walk the streets of downtown Buffalo um, after this. No way. Yeah, you know what? You could maybe convince me. The last decade of Sabers hockey makes sense if you think about it in terms of the Pagulas wanting people to say, "Oh my gosh, please don't leave us with just the Sabers. You can't leave. We'll fund your stadium." You're on mute, sir. Look, uh, sorry, my dog is barking in the background. <laughs> All um, good. That's the yeah. only way. Yeah, I mean, right. this, the right. the save. Maybe that makes sense in like the most twisted way possible. I don't know. I, sell the savers if you need the money. I'm kind of just done with the pagulas altogether this year. Like, like I am more over the pagulas than what I am over COVID at this point. Like I'm over <laughs> oh the cash. Like, oh wow! I tried to hearing about them. It started with with the lack of respect that I gained for them when they didn't want to break their lifestyle to fund the people that need mm. the money that work for them. Well, if can't break our, can't break up our lifestyle. Then you know what? Stay down in Florida, stay down in your big house, stay on your big boat. Don't come to Buffalo anymore. Keep your nose out of what Kevin Adams and, and those guys are doing with the Sabres. Keep your nose out of what Brandon Bean and those guys are doing with the bills and keep to yourself and only show up once a year or show up when the bills win the Super Bowl, the Sabres win the cup and show your face. No one wants to see or hear from you otherwise at this point. You suck. You're terrible humans. Go away. Sorry that's a little harsh, but that's how I feel right now. Can we get vaccinated against bad ownership? Is that possible? Can we just get someone that like loves Buffalo as much as you and I do to okay. actually win this team? Terry Pagula was supposed to be that guy. And then but the he, second, loved the sa- he was a but the second he it stopped making fan. money for him, it's the second he could be profitable. Listen. Terry Pagula could have had the entire city of Buffalo renamed after him. It could have been renamed Terry Pagulaville for all I care. Yeah, remember, remember when the Pagulaville, like you know, Goodwill was still a thing. That was those were good times. The team still sucked back then, but at least people were like hopeful. Nick, can we stop talking about the pressing stuff though, man? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm getting heated. Like my face is turning red. You can't see me if you're listening, obviously, Mm -hmm. but my face is turning red. Like I could punch a wall right now. I'm just so fired up with these people. All right. Well, listen, if I'm the representative for, I don't know, Andrew Cuomo in New York State, should 
you know, you see see the offer from the Pagulas, and you laugh at it. You say, "Here's an idea. <laughs> How about we pay zero dollars, and you pay for it, or you refund?" Or I mean, I, I still blows my mind. Just renovate the stadium. You already have. They it's did already that. there. But I don't know how much pull of that is them. I will say this. I'm not trying to defend them here, right? Because I just said I can't stand them. But how much pull is it the NFL coming to Buffalo and saying, look, you need to build a new stadium because you're in a, a small market town. You need a new stadium to bring in more money. And how much of it is the Pagula saying, look, well, we want to renovate. And the NFL saying, if you renovate, we're going to pull your team. Or however, I don't know how that works. That's over my head. But, you know, whatever it might be. I mean, the, the NFL always wants new and bigger, and they want more money coming their way. And listen, if there was some kind of precedent of people lend, letting you have $500 million or whatever, mm-hmm. it ends up, I mean, I'd like $500 million that other people just, just hand me. Like, that'd be nice. So I, I mean, see. Wouldn't we all? I, uh, but I mean, that's, that's just their negotiation and their, their threat is always, well, we might move the team. Right. No, you're not moving the team. And by the way, I mean, this is this is maybe turning into like hot takery because a lot of other things have to happen. But if for some reason the Bills did leave town, Buffalo is still an amazing fan base, and it would be a great place for like an expansion team or someone else to re- relocate to. Like somebody would get smart and try to make money by coming back to Buffalo because this right. is actually an amazing market, even though it's smaller and we, we're not we're not rich. But the fandom and the com- the interest in the money does come in from this market. Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, someone's going to eventually have to come bring a team back to Buffalo if they move from Buffalo. They're not going to be – Buffalo may go five years without a football team. They'll come back. Josh well, Allen, look, Josh Allen <laughs> should just buy the team with all the money he's going to get and move the team back to Buffalo be a player owner. Can you do that? Um. I mean, listen, dude, billion people. All right. Not, not, I'm not picking on you here, but people on the internet today I've seen like really don't understand how much money billions is relative to millions. Okay. So the, I've seen the video. Have you seen the rice video? Yes. So how much a billion is versus a million? If you haven't seen the video, I will try to post the link on our Twitter page. It's like the, is like it, the Jeff Bezos relative yeah, net worth yeah. video. Yeah. This guy did of showing like how much like a thousand dollars is versus like how much a million dollars is with grains of rice and then he did a billion dollars versus a million dollars and how much more really a billion dollars really is it's it's unbelievable but again so 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 let me ask you this then nick because i then i want to move on i want to get to training camp stuff um the bagulas are only worth what we say five point something billion dollars right, right? But yeah, but that's not money in the bank. That's like the net value of all of your assets, which includes the okay. bills. Okay. So yeah, they are. Their net worth is five point four billion dollars, according to Forbes. Right. So with that money, uh, sure, take some of that and, and build a new stadium. Great. I, but again, a billion dollars so much more than a million dollars. Maybe don't build a billion dollar stadium. Maybe build a. Ooh. Nine hundred million dollar stadium instead. I don't know. I, I don't no, know. I, no, that now you're not, getting interesting here. I'm not an in, maybe. Maybe build what you can afford. That's how I was brought up. You don't buy <laughs> something if you can't afford it. You can afford whatever you want if someone else pays for it. I mean, I mean you can afford a lot with five. Well, I mean, million that is that but, is interesting. That the the price tag of American stadiums has is so 
drastic. Uh, European soccer stadiums are not all of them, but they are often built cheaper relatively from, from what I've read. And that is interesting to me how our price tags over here just, just keep going up. And it used to be, it's going to be close to a billion. And then, you know, so I mean, other stadiums, Las Vegas, it was just, you know, several billion dollars. Like, damn. So Nick, um, Wembley stadium. Now I don't know what the difference is from, let, let me look this up while I'm talking, right? Wembley stadium. Um, was 1.2 billion pounds okay in what that, year that was built in uh Wembley Stadium a badly run project with a good outcome well that's a good uh good <laughs> title um demolition on the old Wembley Stadium began in 2002 um so the new stadium was built shortly so sometime after 2002 so we'll say Late All right, so so I mean right. a while ago so, in terms so of in, stadiums. In, US, in US dollars, right? 1.2 billion dollars is equivalent to 1.6 billion dollars. 1.2 billion pounds pounds to dollars yes. with inflation backdated 20 years almost. Right. So I mean I mean, but also Wembley Stadium is like the soccer stadium in England. Okay, the Bills right. don't need like America's football stadium, the Bills just need acceptable facility. Team. America's team. Uh, listen, okay. The way, we're, the way we're, I look at it for the Pagulas on this, right? On on this this side of things, real quick. The Pagulas, the the Bills are the only NFL team in the state. They're the only NFL team bringing money into the state the way they do. They are the largest. Um, uh, they, they're the largest stadium in the state, right? Uh, they they hold the most fans. That place sells out. That's more money coming into the state than what and and for what the Bagulas had to pay on rent of the place, right? Because at the end of the day, if Erie County's smart, Erie County says I'm going to build it, and they're going to rent it to the to the bills like they do now, and then they're going to find a way to say, look, you guys want to move out or you guys want to do this, rent it out to other things and continue to pay for that stadium that way. Hmm. If that's how Buffalo goes, how Erie County goes, I don't know, man. Look. I'm just so heated with all of the, the, the news in general. Like I, I've been having a good weekend, right? Like my wife had her baby shower yesterday. I have a kid like coming in two weeks. Like I'm excited. And the Bagulas just got to take a, a big shit on my parade over here <laughs> five times tonight and ruin all my fun. Ruin wow. all my fun that I'm having. And, and I blame the rich people. Can we move on before I have like a... Yes, Charlie. Something. Someday everything you love will be destroyed by a rich guy who thought he could make a few bucks. Right? That's the moral of today. Moral of uh, moving on. Bills Let's camp. talk training camp. Actual Fun football. Stuff. Woo! Actual okay. people in actual uniforms ran actual routes and caught actual footballs on the actual field ahead so, of their actual preseason game on August thirteenth. Uh, it's that time of year again, Charlie. Fancy football drafts are being scheduled. We and, haven't scheduled our yet. We better get that set up, Nicholas. Uh, we'll talk about that later. So, yeah, yeah, you, Bills, you have Bills, the busy schedule. Uh, well, you got the baby coming, so it's kind of even. Touché, Actually, touché. it's not even. It's totally skewed to you. I'm, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, okay. Listen, listen. Th- there's a lot we could talk about here. Some of like I'm really interested in like who's going to win the second cornerback job, but I feel like that's something that's going to play itself out, and we're just going to learn the answer eventually. We're going to try to talk about things that are open to interpretation or or 
a little bit more of a take uh, required for it here. And we're going to try to try to sort things out and try to think about things in interesting ways. So, you know, if you want a cornerback too, probably not. I mean, I think it's going to be Levi Wallace. I don't know what you think. Like that's all there really is to say running backs. It's going to sort itself out. Right. Uh, we're we're going to quick on running backs. I heard Matt Breida looked, has looked really good in short spaces or, or small spaces and really showing a, a good flash of speed. He sure did when they couldn't tackle anybody. So I don't really know what to think about that. I don't know. The defense still can't tackle anybody. Uh, no, the, the, practice, practice. Uh, the practice on Saturday, they couldn't. Sorry, I thought you were referring to the fact they couldn't tackle running backs last year and they still can't oh, tackle oh. running backs this year. So <laughs> no, I was talking anyway. about practice. Okay. Okay. Um, but you, you mentioned something about wide receivers. Let's start there because I'm really intrigued by the wide receivers. We, we really know who one, two, and three are going to be, right? We know it's going to be Beasley. I'm sorry. Well, Diggs one, Beasley in the slot, and Sanders on the outside as the number three, right? Which, by the way, I heard Sanders looked really good in practice as well. You could, you could. I mean, you, you, could, here, you could. I mean, I would say you could maybe say Sanders is sort of like a second slot guy if you're going four wide, and you could say maybe we're going to put Gabe Davis as starting outside opposite Diggs. You, I could see it. I mean, I could see, yeah, I could see that happening. Do you think, well, and I'll talk about Gabe Davis in a minute, mm-hmm. but there's another player on this wide receiver core, two players actually on this wide receiver core that I really want to talk about, and they're both bubble players. They're oh, yeah, I mean, you, you have you have four solid guys on the team. I mean, are they going to keep f- probably five, maybe six? Like, they're, they're basically, I think they keep six. Yeah, so, so let's hear it. Who's on, who's, who's on your bubble here? So my, my two on the bubble, right? And and one one of them is going to go to the practice squad, and unless they trade the other one to Green Bay, so and I'm talking <laughs> about um, Isaiah Hodgins, right? What happens with him? Does he make the 53 man roster? He has a lot of upside. He can be very, very, very good, right? He can be. I'm not saying he is. In college, he he caught just about everything in his wheelhouse. He had no problem. Um, catching balls, right, in college. It, it, it was a big trait that they, um, yeah, you know, they, they they really were very high on him later in the draft because he was there and he was able to catch balls. Um, the other one is football Jesus himself, Jay Kumaro, who was apparently the second best receiver in training camp last year for Green Bay. Jay Kumaro, I, I like him a lot. I liked him. Well, he Grand only caught one touchdown and really only played in one game, but – I think he's another guy that has some upside. One of these two guys is going to be that number six receiver. I personally think Buffalo carries six. You got uh, Jake Comero, who is 29 years old at six foot four. You got Isaiah Hodges, who is only 22 years old, and he's six three. Um, so both guys add a little bit of height to this shorter defense, or I'm sorry, the, the shorter wide receiving core. Yeah, so I mean, Isaiah McKenzie is is not technically a lock, but I feel like he's pretty comfortably the fifth receiver slash returner on this team. That they, they like using him in gadget plays, and to, honestly, it's like six receivers would be unusual. So it's basically gonna like one of those guys is gonna have to prove that he's worth a roster spot, and just just the way mm-hmm. like knowing how like the veteran status. If you cut Kumaro, someone's probably going to take Kumaro. He's maybe you can maybe even get like a late round draft pick if you ended up trading him if somebody's got an injury or something. Isaiah Hodgins was a promising prospect. Didn't play at all last year. Spent the whole year on IR. 
And if he doesn't show a ton this year, you could probably get away with cutting him and trying to squeeze him back on the practice squad. So I think Kumaro has the edge just because he would be in more demand across the league. But really, you're going to have to see one of these guys have a huge camp, really step up and convince them to keep an extra guy at that position, in my opinion. Do you think – there's no way they carry seven, right? Like, I feel like seven receivers is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, only – I mean, it would have to be like a weird injury scenario where they just started with seven before they could move somebody to IR or something weird. Do I, I personally feel like – what did um, – Randall Cobb got traded to Green Bay for what, a six-round pick? Yes, sounds right. As dumb as this sounds, because I know he doesn't have crazy stats in the league. I mean, can you turn around and send uh, Comoro back to Green Bay for a fifth fifth round pick? I mean, that's a, that's if, a great. If I'm Green Bay and I'm trying to please my franchise quarterback, I mean, are you paying whatever you need outside of obviously you know something unrealistic like a first second round pick? Uh, All right, so, so let's listen. Yeah, I love I love this question because. The scenario with Aaron Rodgers being so frustrated with the team and wanting Randall Cobb back, Randall Cobb like hasn't been good in a while. Okay, Aaron Rodgers demanding Randall Cobb back is like the part in a broken relationship where you're just you're just trying to see if you 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 want to make someone do something like just to prove that you can. All right. Mm-hmm. So I think right now the Packers and Aaron Rodgers think they've reached whatever agreement for this year and they're gonna make it work and something else would have to happen there where Rogers is like suddenly upset again and needs more leverage. And he's, Oh, Oh, make it right. Go get me Kumaro. So at this point, I think the the package would say, we already got you Cobb. Like I already bought you that jewelry. Like let's, you know, let's come on. If something really bad happens, maybe Kumaro is his next. Uh, I'm going to make you do this to pay me back for it. I don't, I, I mean, Injuries are always possible, but I, I feel like the Packers feel like they have already gone out of their way to appease Aaron Rodgers and would be pretty pissed if they had to do it again. Uh, yeah, I mean, but who knows? I, I mean, I, there's no way Rodgers plays for them next year. I don't think there's – I think Rodgers finishes this season there and his last year in Buffalo. There's no way that he's – or I'm sorry, in Green Bay. There's no way he does another year there. So if I'm them, you know, I'm not sending too much over to Buffalo for Comoro. Yeah. Um, but you but never know. Right it's there. amazing that this position is so deep for the Bills, like not that long from you know the Zay Jones, Kevin Benjamin era. So if they can, oh, I would be watching, you know, watching the injuries around the league, and it's possible Kumaro gets you something. I, he's nice. He's a big red zone target. He's nice to have around. Like I'm not, I'm not saying trying to get rid of the guy, but I would think he's someone who could maybe fetch something in a trade if another team was a little bit de- desperate with an injury. Yeah, um, I take either one of those guys, by the way, over Duke Williams. So the Duke Williams fans can, you know, get all mad at me all you it, want. Is Kumaro not a better Duke Williams? Yes, yeah, much better Duke Williams. I Duke Williams is good because he's tall, right? And he can make some crazy catches in practice. He cannot make those pra- those catches in the game. We've seen it. I mean, all that sounds like something Kumaro could do. Exactly. I don't think – I think Duke Williams just gets a job strictly – in on the practice squad again this year because you can still carry guys who are you know past practice squad limits on the practice squad again um you know so it's kind of open for anything the bills wanted to bring devonta freeman back and put him on the practice squad you could and he signed somewhere else so you can't do that now i think he's in new orleans for the year um but i I mean 
Sure, Duke has a spot on the practice squad. That's as far as he's going. He's not coming up. I think then you look outside of those guys. There, there's no one behind Comoro and Isaiah Hodges that I think can even sneak up and take a rush spot. You can say Stevenson maybe if he can return the ball. He but, was, I mean, he's a six-round pick. The Bills have historic. Oh, not uh, historically doesn't mean that much when we're talking about the the Brandon Bean era. They really have not liked to cut their their that year's draft picks. So Stevenson was a six-rounder. Like that's not a huge investment to to axe if you had to. But it is interesting to me that they have been very hesitant to cut their own draft picks. That were if that it comes year. down, if it comes down to Isaiah McKenzie or or uh, Stevenson, which one are you taking? McKenzie for sure. Okay. He's already he's that's, already proven he can do something in the league. That's the only way where that's the only way that Stevenson gets cut is if McKenzie. I'm sorry, that's the only way Stevenson makes the team is if McKenzie can't return balls, can't do anything, and and I, that's the only way it happens. Mm-hmm. So we'll see in preseason on August 13th. We'll see. Yeah. You know who's taking kick returns, but don't uh, be surprised if you see a mix of both of them. I'll tell you the one thing I did notice at practice uh, was was who was who were their returners just catching balls. McKenzie was back there, and then it was Stevenson and Brandon Powell. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Um, Nick, let's talk about the other side of the ball now. Yeah, talking about the, the defensive line, man. They drafted two defensive ends. Styler two lays back. <sighs> defensive end is, is a logjam. If you're already taking on an extra receiver, can you afford to keep six defensive ends here? Like that's That's a lot. So you, you have Jerry Hughes, you have Mario Addison, you have A.J. Epinesa is back, you just drafted uh, Boogie Basham and Greg Rousseau, you still have Daryl Johnson, you still have Mike Love, you, you know, there's a lot of people at this position. I don't know what to expect from A.J. Epinesa. Is Mario Addison going to be a cap casualty? And then even in the middle, like, Star, we hope, is going to return to form. They still have Ed Oliver. This is a big year for Ed Oliver. Uh, Harrison Phillips, can he finally, like, you know, even, you know, Vernon Butler, Justin Zimmer made, like, the biggest play of last season. Th- there's there's a lot of guys here. And I didn't even mention uh, Ife Obata, who is, like, kind of, like, a decent ad for them. Um, there's just a lot of bodies here and not that many places to put them, but we need somebody to be good out of that group. And that, that seems to be the real issue. So I'm going to start on F.E. Obata. From everything I heard and read on Twitter from practice yesterday, he was in the back. He ran with the first team a few times. He was in the backfield almost every play, they said. Jerry Um, Hughes is still out with um, a calf injury, I believe. Right, right, right. So he's out still. So F.E. Obata's getting those first round reps, and he's looking good. Um, Obviously, Carlos Basham and Greg Rousseau are are locks. Epinesa, I think, is a lock. Brian Cox, I think he's already cut. Mike Love's practice squad guy, Gerald Johnson's practice squad guy. He could make the roster as a special teamer because that's usually about where he is. I think your biggest question marks are going to come down tomorrow, Addison, Vernon Butler, because I don't think there's any way that you're moving um, Star or Justin Zimmer. Those are two guys I feel like you're holding on to, and you're definitely not moving Harrison Phillips, right? Like, I would think you keep Harrison Phillips around, but I am interested to hear you say that you think uh, AJ Epinesa is a lock. He seems to be maybe a trade candidate. I mean, he kind of, when we say he came on at the end of last year, it wasn't like he did amazing. It was like, oh, he can actually be trusted to be on the field for a little bit. So, so 
And we'll talk about this more in our bubble watch question when we get down there. Spoiler alert for everyone. We have a bubble watch question. Um, but when we get down there, I'll, I'm going to tell you why I think Mario Addison is that guy who's going to be the odd man out. I don't think you move Epinesa. I think Epinesa's got too much uh, upside, and you know how much this defense uh, likes to rotate along that defensive line. Mm-hmm. You know, play by play, drive by drive. They like to bring in different guys, different looks. And I feel like um, AJ Epinesa might not bring that speed, but he has that strength. And where, you know, Jerry Hughes has that speed coming off the line, uh, AJ Epinesa might be a better run stopper than, you know, than the other guys on this list. Obviously, Greg Rousseau you have. Greg Rousseau's got some speed, and he's got that length. Um, you know, and who knows what's going to happen. Jerry Hughes in the last year of his contract as well. You know, if I don't think you're going to put all your money right away on uh, Boogie Basham and Greg Rousseau and say, okay, you guys are the two going forward until you're positive. And you took out Vanessa with your first pick in, in the draft last year. You have to definitely give him a legitimate look. And I don't think he gets cut this year. I think I think next year could possibly be his cut cut year if he doesn't perform hmm. this year or trade right. year, whatever. Talk to me about Ed Oliver. This is kind of a big year for him. He's got he's got the uh, the the fifth year option decisions coming up after this year. It's kind of make a break for Ed Oliver, isn't it? Yeah, he doesn't need to play that. Um, Ed Oliver doesn't need to play that one tech anymore. You got Star coming back for that, and Star looked very good in the videos that we saw from this offseason practicing. If Stark had looked that good on the football field as did in those videos run against those dummies, um, there's no doubt in my mind that Ed Oliver can go back to being the dominant force that he was two seasons ago. All right, all right. Now, Jerry Hughes, we, we, well, I guess we're, we're hoping. We, the Bills need to hope Jerry Hughes is, is great Jerry Hughes like usual. Anybody else on this line, are we expecting anything from Rousseau or Boogie this year? Like, Do you really see them competing for a starting spot, or is it would is it – do they need well, to push Addison you, out of town or what? Let me ask you this question, Nick. So, well, I'll say this before I ask you this question. I did see um, Mario Addison working with the young guys, working with Carlos Basham and Effie Obata and, you know, Epinesa and Rousseau, working those guys either at practice or during practice, kind of showing them some, some hand moves on the dummy, um, you know, and kind of being a leader to those guys. Um, now I'll say this. Okay. Mario Ad, I don't think Greg Rousseau and Basham have to cook have to push Mario Addison out. I think Greg Rousseau is going to be good enough. I don't think he's going to play a ton, but I'm comfortable with what we saw last year from the defensive ends. I'm comfortable with running a Greg Rousseau, AJ Epinesa on the right side, and let you know letting Jerry Hughes just eat him up on the left side, doing what he does on the left side. You know. Um and going from there, I, I don't need Mario Addison on this roster whatsoever. Okay. He did uh, – I, I kind of forgot this until until I was just looking up. He did restructure his contract in March, mm-hmm. which which kind of offsets how much money you actually save by cutting him. But it's just – it's such a logjam here to me. It feels like somebody's, somebody's going to be the odd man out, and it could be – could be Mario. I mean, he did lead the team in sacks last year, but it wasn't an impressive, you know, five and a half or six or whatever it was. It was right. it was more like uh, nobody else just did anything either. Right, right. I, I mean, look, obviously Jerry Hughes isn't going anywhere, you know, unless he can never pass a physical and has to retire. Jerry Hughes isn't going anywhere. He's he's on the team, right? Um, 
the that right defensive end spot is going to be a fun spot to watch in the preseason because I think it's definitely going to be a battle between Addison, Rousseau, Epinesa for sure, and see who can who can get the leverage. Right now, according to the depth chart, Greg Rousseau's two, Epinesa's three. Obviously, Addison is one on the right right defensive end side. All right, I will say uh, in terms of Starla Tule. In practice, I don't know, you know how much this this means yet. He did look, you know, kind of slimmed down to me a little bit, which is which is if he retained his strength, that's good. But he's the Bills need him to play because they can't do anything with his contract this year. It's too it's too big. It would be very hurtful to the cap if they ha- if they cut him. So he, he's going to be around no matter what, and they really got to hope that he returns the form. Absolutely, no, I agree a hundred percent. You, you know, we'll, we'll have to see what they end up doing with, uh, you know, what their plan is going forward with Epinesa as well. Um, you know, what their plan is going forward with Harrison Phillips. I think Harrison Phillips is in the last year of his contract as well. And I think we got to see where, what kind of steps can he take this year? Can he take that step to be, um, you know, a, I don't want to say a Kyle Williams type of defensive tackle. I don't think he will be, but can he take the steps to be a reliable number three defensive tackle in this league? Because I, I, maybe that's where his ceiling is. Sure. If he's, he needs to have a good year to get a contract offer from the Bills next year. Otherwise, he's going to be signing, you know, for a million dollars in free agency and getting a, a real prove it deal somewhere else. So this is this is a big year for him. He's such a nice guy. He does so much for the community. You're hoping it works out for him. But been, you know, promising rookie year, and then we haven't really seen anything since. Right, right. We'll have to see where, where that takes off. Obviously, he was hurt all last year, you know, so that, that took a big big hit on him, or most of the year last year. Um, you know, and Zimmer looked good filling in for him. So I'm curious to see that, that defensive my, – my two favorite positions right now to watch in training camp is going to be the right right defensive end and what they do along that defensive line. Hmm. All right, let's uh, switch it over to offensive line. They got – Yeah, well, a lot of well, questions there. We got, we got some COVID going on right now. Deion Dawkins is on the COVID list. Tommy Doyle, the fifth-round pick, has been filling in for him. But other than that, the line looks fairly set. If we slide him back into left tackle, Feliciano at left guard, Morris at center, Cody Ford at right guard, Daryl Williams at right tackle. The Bills made a choice this offseason. They could have went out and addressed the offensive line, and they said, you know what, we're basically going to run it back again with the same guys. They're going to hope the continuity works. They're going to hope they get improvement. Whew. They gotta keep job. They gotta do a better job. A run blocking and B like keeping Josh Allen upright in against good defenses. Because even I thought in the playoffs he was kind of under a lot of pressure, and you were you hoped for better offensive line play. So what what could go right here? Tian Dawkins could take another step and become like a top left tackle. We are Cody Ford could uh, show he's actually a capable NFL starter. Kind of, kind of hoping here. Mitch Morris like stays healthy. He, he's like I know. I think I want to say he restructured his deal at some point too. I could be wrong. I, I gotta look that up right now. But he would have not surprised me if he was like maybe a, a training camp cut guy. Just not that they have someone really to replace him. But he's been kind of something was just weird last year with with the injury and with him him being a healthy scratch and like something something's off there to me. So I, I think Mitch Morris has a, a, a spot on this roster. He also restructured his contract this offseason, right? Or was I thinking? Uh, I, I'm going to look that up just to confirm. I believe he did. I thought he did. So Yes, on March he, 9th he did. It saves okay. the Bills about $2 million. 
Okay, so he restructured his. Uh, I gotta write this down real quick. Uh, so he restructured his contract this off season, right? Right, and, and but by the way, just for listeners here, when we're talking about restructures too with Addison, sometimes a restructure means you you basically convert salary to signing bonus money, and the player gets the money now, and the cap hit gets spread out, and you you open up some cap space that way. Both of these restructures were basically uh, player agrees to take a pay cut, like straight up pay cut, and, and the mm-hmm. only reason they would do that is. Because making less money like really increases their chances of making the team. Because if they get cut and you know their salary is not guaranteed and they already got their signing bonus, I mean that's just that that's that's the NFL. That's the dance you're doing here. Do you do you take the pay cut and and you know hope it keeps you on the team that way? Like so, when we say restructure, this is not like oh they were you know getting more upfront to lower the cap. It's like no, they, these two guys just took a straight pay cut. Right, right. Um, so, so I think Mitch Morris is fine this year. I think Ryan Bates is the center of the future right now on this team. I think Ryan Bates is, is going to learn a lot behind Mitch Morris, and I think he's got a great future as a as a center. And I think if Mitch goes down and gets hurt, uh, I think Ryan Bates can can fit right in and slot right into that starting center job. Um, John Feliciano obviously isn't going anywhere on left tackle, and and Darrell Williams, I yeah. think it. Left guard, I'm sorry. And I think uh, Darrell Williams is a, a a lock in there right now for right tackle, unless Spencer Brown or, or you know, I've heard a lot of uh, negative things on Bobby Hart so far this season. Um, hmm. But uh, Spencer Brown can really take a big, you know, surprising uh, leap into in preseason here. I, I, I would be shocked. But I think that's Darrell Williams' job to lose at this point. Hmm. Um, Cody Ford becomes the interesting guy, right? He kind of becomes the odd man out there. I think Cody Ford um, has had flashes of being good. He's had flashes of being like, what the hell are you doing? Um, he's going to be a guy to definitely watch through training camp. And I think health, him staying healthy is going to be a big part in all of this as well. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really hoping he does take the step because man, if, if, if he doesn't work out and if Harrison Phillips doesn't, doesn't take another step and if Ed Oliver still kind of, you know, still kind of. I mean, these are some high Bills draft picks that are really not, you know, maybe not panning out. So this is this is a big year for all of them, especially Cody Ford. Mm-hmm. He's got. To, I mean, he initially came in, he wanted to prove he could be a tackle. That ship is kind of sailed. Like the Bills are right now, hoping he can be a guard. He looked a lot better at guard last year than what he looked at at ta- tackle. He looked a lot more com- comfortable. So as long as he can continue to look comfortable on that guard spot. And, Nick, again, you were there. I know you mentioned me before we did the podcast. It was kind of tough to see all of everything going on. Um, could you tell me, like, did you see anything on that offensive line that kind of brought any uh, surprises to your face? Um. I mean, not, not really. I don't know what to make of everything yet because, like, Tommy Doyle's playing – left tackle because Dawkins is out and I feel like that's kind of mm-hmm. thrown the rotation off a little bit here. Um so, but it's another spot to me where like you know that the Bills they kind of they you know they like having a swing tackle on the roster. Like how many how deep can you really go here? They took Jack Anderson in the seventh round. They have Spencer Brown. They have Tommy like the three draft picks at this position. Jack Anderson probably not going to make the team. They brought in Forrest Lamp, who's like been around. He was, you know, a big name, a, a prospect at one point. Can he can he make the team? Can he find a spot? It's kind of interesting to me. But this unit collectively needs to play better. And I think the Bills are really banking on on the cohesion here. I don't know. I hope, uh, if John Feliciano takes another step, 
Tian Dawkins takes another step. You have a solid left side at least. Like if at least if one side is good, if you can reliably run to one side of the ball, even that is just just if you can do something that you can just bank on, that's important. No, I think that's important as well. I agree with you. I think that the um, uh, you know the big thing is going to be obviously keeping your franchise quarterback as of right now, um, you know, upright. Don't let him take so many hits. Don't let him, you know, anything that he can avoid getting hit is the most important thing. Obviously, Josh Allen sometimes likes to uh, get hit himself for whatever reason because the guy's a maniac. But it's very important that they do anything they can to keep him upright. I think outside of that, it's going to be what can this offensive line do in the run game. And I think you're going to see that early on in preseason and see where things stand. Um, you know, if they can open up. I don't even think the run game even looked good in preseason last year. So I felt like it was kind of inevitable for us to know that we we're going to have some issues with the running game. Um, but we'll see what kind of step they could take with this offensive line. Obviously, they believe in this offensive line. You know, McDermott and, and those guys see something with this offensive line. And I think, um, you know, you're, you're – you're, you're definitely going. Um, you're definitely going to need them to step up big time and be that offensive line we saw from two years ago on the run blocking side. But they need to continue to do what they did through early on in the year last year on a pass blocking side and do it consistently. The biggest thing for this offensive line is going to be consistency, and I don't mean consistency from you know getting the same players back. It's going to be from consistency week in week out and continuing to play good week in and week out. All right, let's move on to our next question here. Can't believe we've gone this long on podcast without talking about Josh Allen. So our question here that we wrote down is, can Josh Allen take the next step? Can he become, according to Madden, everybody was mad about Madden. He was the seventh best Madden quarterback. Can Josh Allen get into that top tier of NFL quarterbacks? Is he going to get the extension? There was some news this week. Sounds like they're pretty far apart on extension talks, which I think is is fine. Uh, I know some people just just love their you know their their big golden retriever boy back there, and they want him signed forever. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm teasing, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, what in your mind? What does Josh need to do? What would help him take the next step? I mean, obviously, if he throws for more touchdowns, they win more games. That's great. What specifically does he need to improve on in your mind? Uh, I think one thing is learning to get down when he's running with the ball. Do that more, or get out of bounds. You know, don't take so many hits that you don't need to take. Um, you know, I think at times you saw some of that like, oh, he's running to the left. Oh, no, wait, he's going to run to the right to see what he can make to the right. I think if jo- Josh Allen just needs to continue to be confident in himself. I think if Josh Allen has a year like he had last year, there's no doubt in anyone's mind that he can, is is in that top tier, right? I don't think that he needs to come out and because what step can he really take, Nick? Right? Like, what is it? Winning MVP, winning the Super Bowl, like well, those are well, big steps, right? I mean, those, those are like you know milestone award things. And I'm just talking about you know in terms of a game, just things that to to me he like the occasional like total bonehead play still comes out, and it's I'm I'm being chased by three guys, but. I think I could heat this ball 35 yards downfield and like drop it into the bucket of a guy who's kind of double covered. And it's, it's, it's the, it's not even like, like not even hero ball. Like he doesn't like think he's, he's going to, you know, win the game on his throw. He just, it doesn't seem that the appropriate danger is weighing in his head. And I would like to see, I mean, just 
throw the ball away and you know get it go go after it again the next time you don't have like it's 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 the real we need fewer really bad decisions i think i agree with you on that i think there's definitely needs to be fewer bad decisions um i guess that's a good way to look at it um but he, he did have 10 interceptions next last year um you know, he's got to obviously hold on to the ball more as well while running i think that's a big big thing he needs to do not put the ball on the ground so much while running with the ball um, I think that can be a huge improvement for Josh Allen when he has the ball in his hands and he wants to take off downfield and try to make something happen. He needs to continue to find ways to hold on to the ball. That's the most important thing. I like that. And then, so let's talk contract too. He, so he's under contract for this year and he's under contract for next year. Next, next year is the big payday. That's a fifth year option. This is his fourth of four initial years in the rookie deal. They picked up his fifth year option, which bumps him up to like 22 million next year. The long-term extension is what everybody wants to know about. I think it would be prudent of the bills to say, guess what? Do it again. Yeah. If he's he's great again, he earns every penny. If not, maybe you either pay him a little bit less or you just say, we need to wait and see some more. Right. The the right. biggest mistake the Bills or any NFL team, not just the Bills, could make, as we've seen recently with the Eagles, with the Rams, with some other teams, you can't make this massive financial mistake investing in a quarterback who doesn't end up being good. It killed the Eagles with Carson Wentz, who got who's with the Colts and is already injured. It the Raider, or I'm sorry, the Rams basically had to incentivize the Lions to take Jared Goff's contract. Mm-hmm. These mistakes will kill you. And the Bills right now, they're not forced. He's under Look, contract for next year. Then you have the then you have the franchise tag. That's the hammer. You could franchise tag a guy twice. The Bills right now, without signing a single new contract, could have Josh Allen as their quarterback for four more seasons if they so choose. Right. There's not really an impetus to get it done, and you avoid a catastrophe. You you have more information. Josh Allen's first two years were not great. Third year was amazing, totally like amazing year. You can't knock it. It's hard to repeat. Defenses defenses adjust. They've had all summer. They know we're gonna find out what Josh Allen and Brian Dable are doing. We're gonna try to stop it. We're gonna try a new defense. We're gonna them this way. We're gonna you know roll coverage like this. That's how people in the NFL get get found out, and it goes quick. And I think it's great for Josh that he's got Dable and Ken Dorsey back. Dable's probably gone next year. Dorsey probably sides up. Hopefully, the, you know, it keeps rolling. This is a big year, I think, proving he can do it again. And if, if they wait on a contract, to me, that's fine. The alternative in my head is this TV money. You know, the NFL just signed a, a new a new TV deal. Contracts are going to only keep going up. Maybe what looks like a massive deal right now looks like a bargain five years down the road. Maybe you save some money. That's like mm-hmm. literally the only the only benefit is you save money down the road because you wanted to get, you know, you tried you tried to save some money. So it's and I you would hate to see the bills like make a mistake trying to be cheap. Mm-hmm. Not, not not, you know, it sounds weird to say cheap when you're talking about giving this guy, you know, a hundred million dollars. But they would be sp- potentially saving money and i mean down the road guess what josh and i can hold out and say i want more money too like that's how this works yeah i i think that josh allen um does have to have a repeat of last year 
That's huge. He has to have a repeat of last year. Um, you know, can he afford to take half a step back? Nah. You know, it's an it's an extra game this season. So his stats are going to be much different than what they were last year and the year before and the year before, right? So you have that extra game, and that's going to play a big piece in it. You know, maybe he throws 40 touchdowns this year because of, with that extra game. Maybe he throws 11 interceptions and 40 touchdowns. I'm fine with that. Um, you know, maybe he rushes for 20 touchdowns on top of it all. Who knows? But like you said, teams may figure out Josh Allen, right? Teams may be able to figure out Josh Allen easily. Um, and and it's going to be a di- it, it's going to be a different season for Josh Allen because a teams are going to figure him out or may have already figured him out, and b there's fans back in the stands. And can Josh Allen keep his calm composure with fans in the stands that he could last year with no one in the stands? That's what I'm most curious to watch. That's a great point. That's a, and that's a big yeah. deal. I mean, that These goes guys are not, they're not league, robots. Right? They're real people. No. This stuff right. matters. Right. And I thought Josh Allen did play well in the playoffs with stands, with, with people in the fan, with fans in the stands. However, I don't think Josh Allen – I want to see how Josh Allen does with 85,000 fans instead of 10,000 fans, 20,000 fans. You know, can, can he continue to look as good as what he has? Mm-hmm. I will say at uh, whatever one practice is worth, he looked good to me at practice. And the, I mean, there were a couple of throws that he missed on. He looked in command of the offense. So even that day, I think Diggs and Sanders were both not practicing. I mean, you know, Josh is you know, looking at the defense, he, you know, looking at the receiver. Oh no, he knows nobody. You're, you need to be three, eight, three yards out farther for this play to work. And then he's giving, you know, giving a check and then sees the blitz coming balls already out. He looked uh, – it was, it was mo- most exciting to me is he looked like he was in command of the offense. The wheels in his head seemed to be turning at at a level – I mean, just going back to, like, previous Bills camps with other quarterbacks, like, he, like even in practice, like, offense just looked hard for, for a lot of these teams. And this this was a different feel. You know, I um, – I feel like with Josh Allen, right, you talked about, about, you know, how we looked in command, right, in practice. That's just a natural-born leader. You know, Josh Allen is more of a leader than Jack Eichel. We'll just put it – we'll say that from what we've read and what we've seen, right? Um, jo- Josh Allen is a natural-born leader through and through, and I think that's why you see him being so in command. When he messes up, he takes blame for his mistakes, and he says, look, I got to be better. That's on me. That's not on you. That Let, let me be better. And by him being better, everyone else is going to shine. You know, and you have another leader on 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 the outside of him, um, named Stefan Diggs, who is also holding Josh Allen up. And when Josh Allen's too hard on himself, Diggs comes over and says, Man, I got you. Let's do this. You and me. Let's do this. And that's stuff you want to see from your franchise quarterback. Josh Allen's gonna get his contract, right? Whenever that comes, that, that moment's gonna come, Josh Allen's gonna get his contract. I'm not worried about that. Josh Allen just needs to continue to be the leader that he has been on this team uh, for the last two years, and he needs to show that he can repeat last year's performance through and through. Maybe win an MVP this year for himself would be nice. A uh, little bit of hard work for the trophy. <laughs> oh, just that, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Nick, on to our last thing here. Well, maybe second to last thing. Um, any surprising cuts that you could see? Uh, coming up this offseason um, in training camp or after training camp 
before uh, the 53 roster is announced. All right. This is, the, I don't know why my brain like works like this, but you're asking <laughs> me like, what's a surprise? All right. I remember one time, like in, in like high school math, the question was like, ask, it was like a probably like a stats question. There's something about probability and like it was some made up scenario, like some kid invented this game and blah, blah, blah. And then the question was like, was this fair? And you're like, oh my gosh, I need to like, you know, prove with all these things, you know, was this fair or not? And our teacher was like, kind of giving us crap this the day. He goes, hey, you want, you want to know what, what the answer in the back of the book says? He's like, you really want to know? Are you sure? And like, like halfway flipped, he was like, you sure you're sure? He goes, fair is in the eye of the beholder. And that was what it said in the teacher's book. I was like, what? I wanted the answer. So is there a surprise? Surprises in the eye of the, be the beholder. I, I'll give you an name. After watching practice, I could see Jake Fromm being cut from the team. But is he a surprise? Like, are you going to be surprised if Jake Fromm is cut? Like a, quarter, I, a quarterback what, who was drafted last year? That's I think surprise. I won't be surprised. He should be a practice squad player, man. Jake, okay. Fromm, Jake Fromm was so protected at UGA by good receivers and good running backs. Well, this is what I'm talking about. Play. Surprises in the eye of the beholder. Right. You might I, not be surprised. I'm not going to be surprised. You know who I'll be surprised at if he's cut? And, and I think he will be cut. Or traded or something. He won't be. I don't think he's going to be on the three man roster. And that's Mario Addison. Okay. Strictly because one big reason is is a salary cap. Now right? some people could say that's not as much of a surprise because it's a lot of people expect it. You know, I so like the year people are saying, "Oh, Lashawn McCoy could be a surprise cut." I'm like, "Well, if everybody keeps writing it, it's not a surprise." Well, instead of running two veterans on the D line, you're going to run a veteran and rookie or a second year player on the opposite side, right? Like that's your that's your plan. Um, the other guy that I would say that comes to mind is, is a guy that we talked about before, and that's Isaiah McKenzie. So Isaiah McKenzie would be a huge surprise to me if he's cut. I think he is that return guy, like you said. Yeah. I think he's a solid slot guy if Cole Beasley goes down or mm -hmm. if Cole Beasley gets COVID. He's a good good slot guy to put in there. I don't know if I trust a Stevenson to step into that role and be my my slot mm -hmm. guy in, in an emergency like that. Um but Isaiah McKenzie, I could see him if he doesn't perform well returning kicks and punts um, okay. in the preseason. Maybe he's a guy who, who's on the chopping block. Okay. I think there are there's so many just bodies on the defensive line. Like some of these people are going to have to go. I could, I could see a way. I'm not saying this is likely. I could see a way Harrison Phillips gets cut. Yeah. I could see a way AJ Epinesa maybe. I mean, not it's not likely. It's possible. I mean, you could tell me. I mean, who? They're so thin at linebacker. I don't know if any, you can really cut any of those guys. AJ Klein could go. I mean, yeah, you could cut AJ Klein, but like, what happens no, when? No, no, no. AJ, I don't care if they need they 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 should cut it. Well, you're an AJ Klein hater, but I'm saying like just in terms of depth, they 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 can't like they have no if if someone gets injured, like they really need some NFL player to step in, so. Uh, the depth is probably going to keep him around. But um, talk to me about running backs. Do you think any of those three guys could get cut? Or are they all, you know, Singletary, Moss, and Breed, are they all fairly, you know, that's going to be one, two, three? I think it's, yeah, look, all the Antonio Williams fans who also usually seem to be the Duke Williams fans. Um, I thought you were an Antonio Williams fan. I like Antonio Williams, but I don't think, when they brought in Matt Breida, I'm a big Matt Breida guy. I am all aboard the Matt Breida train right now. Like Charlie's it, doing the horn honk motion for you. You can't see him yes. on the other side of the pod, like, but I see him here. 
Chew, chew, baby. <laughs> I'm all on that Matt Breida train. He's got some speed, something that the other two running backs don't have. He's able, uh, you know, to, to be shifty in those small spaces, right, which is something we saw him do in Miami, something we saw him do in San Francisco. I think he is a very good running back. Um, he's definitely an upgrade over a TJ Yeldon that they had as the number three back. And truthfully, I think he's an upgrade over both of the two backs that are already on the roster in Singletary and um, Moss. I think both those running backs are good. However, neither one of them have that breakaway speed that Breida has. Yeah. I'm just, for, for what you mentioned Madden with Josh Allen, Matt Breida is the second fastest running back in Madden. Is he really? He is. He's 94 overall speed. Wow, it's dropping knowledge bombs right here. I like that. I would like to see which one of the, the three will be an effective receiver out of the backfield. I think that's one area that the Bills would really would really help the offense is if there's also a threat of a running back. Like, a, just imagine like how hard the Bills just straight up receivers were to cover last year, even without any threat of, of a tight end. Imagine if they also had to worry about a running back matchup or right. think of thinking, you know, who's going to cover Cole Beasley and Sanders. And then, oh, shoot, we also got this dangerous running back receiver out of the backfield. That would add another dimension to the Bills offense. I don't know that any three of these guys can can do that. But if, if someone has grown in their skills or flashed something we haven't seen yet, that would be awesome. Yeah, I uh, I think that number third spot is Matt Breedish for the taking. And Julian Williams can definitely have to fight him for it, and maybe he gets a gets a job on the practice squad. Uh, he should get a job on the practice squad. Um, but I feel like a lot of the people who are, again, who are really high on what Duke Williams could do in practice are also really high on a guy who came in to a meaningless game and looked good, but, you know, the Bills were already up, what, 30 at that point with not much time mm-hmm. left, and he looked good. So I feel like you can't – discount the situation that Miami was also in that's at that time. Sure. Right. For what Matt Breida did. Um, I'm sorry, Ford Antonio Williams did. I think Matt Breida is that number three back. He may even be that number two back. We may see him dressed on most, uh, um, most Sundays over maybe a Zach Moss or a Devin Singletary, or maybe they're rotating them all three of them and they, they, they play three backs. I don't know. I'll be curious to see, see how that ends up, but Matt Breida should be, on this roster and should be one of the top three backs on this roster, hands down. So, right. Nick, last we have to finish this way. I know it's only training camp. We have a lot okay. three preseason games coming up, but I need your thoughts on where do you think the Bills are going to finish this year? I think the Bills win the division again. And in terms of record, this is uh, you know seventeen games. So my you know our standard math is going to be off a little bit. I think the Bills are looking at between 12 and 5, 13 and 4 range. So for now, I'll give them, I'm going to give them 12 and 5, but uh, could, could be convinced to go higher. We'll see how the preseason goes. Yeah. Um, they could, I think they could go 14 and 3. I mean, they could. I don't know if they will. I, I, I mean, early on, they could go 17 and 0. They could go seventeen and fourteen and three. I like. I don't think that's where it gets. I would say um, I would say thirteen and four is my guess right now. Okay. I mean, you think about Kansas City is going to be a tough game. Tennessee is going to be a tough game. Um, Not really worried about Carolina. Not really worried about Atlanta. Not worried about anyone in our division. Um, 
you know, maybe the Saints, maybe the Bucks game. Like those are two games that really stick out. Um, and maybe maybe the Patriots sneak one out one way or the other. But I I feel like four losses is where they'll be. And I think uh, anything less than that, anything less than four losses, people are kidding themselves. Okay. I mean, listen, football is not even football. It's the feature in general will be weirder than we can imagine. There, it's a game of inches, Nick. Football is a game of inches. If it would be considered and probably an, I don't want to say unsuccessful. It would be a disappointing season if the bills went 10 and seven. And I think it's possible that could still win the division. I don't know about that. I think it, okay. That also depends on what Miami does. Do they make a trade for that jerk, uh, uh, Deshaun Watson, who should be suspended forever in this league, or do they make a uh, you know, or do they stick with Tua for the whole year, or how long into the season till they turn it over to Jacoby Brissett? That's another thing to think about. I think Jacoby Brissett can can lead that team to a, a wild card. I don't know if Tua if Tua can. Interesting. I this think, is my I, think I, I mean I don't I don't see the Jets even getting near ten wins. Patriots, I don't know. Is Cam gonna be any better? Do they I don't know. I don't know. I I feel like the, <laughs> the, the pictures were so funny to me with their with Mac Jones that would they give number forty seven initially? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, that, that's harsh. That, that's 50, not 50, 50. Oh, fi- oh, I'm sorry. Straight 50. up. 50. That's not a guy you expect to come in and be your starting quarterback. That, and then, that's- well, then you look at the Jets who can't get their quarterback to even report to training camp. He finally did today or yesterday. Yeah, uh, that's that's just he, agent he, stuff with a contract. I'm yeah. not worried about that. But, I mean, rookie quarterback, I mean, is he going to come in? I don't like They don't have the team to win 10 games right now. The Dolphins no. are kind of a wild card. You know, I could see the Dolphins going 11 and 6. You know, I could also see them going 6 and 11. Like, there's a lot of question marks around the Dolphins. So, and then the Patriots, you're, is Cam Newton really? No. I mean, is he, he had COVID last year. Is he getting, you know, did he shake it off? Is he better now? They, they did add people. They had a lot of opt outs last year. I think they're going to be better than people think just because. They're going to be well coached and, and good on the line of scrimmage, and that that's a lot of what football is. But hot take, real quick, Nick. Hot take: the Patriots will be better than the Dolphins this year. The Pages will finish number two in the division this year. Hot take. Yeah, yeah, I could, I could see a way that works out, but I, I don't see. It, I think it's unlikely that the Patriots and the Dolphins both get to double digit wins. So I could see mm. a scenario in which the Bills, you know, quote-unquote stink, go 10-7 and seven and still make the playoffs. Do you think 10-7 and seven is considered a poor season? Given the expectations going in? Yes. it's It would be a little bit disappointing, but after, after the drought, I mean, 10 wins sounds pretty good. Look, just make the playoffs, win the division. Win the division, make the playoffs – do your damage in the playoffs. I don't care if they win eight games in the regular season and then make the playoffs. Do you your do, damage. You do want the buy. The buy is right. huge, but I don't know. But now only one team gets that buy. Buffalo I know you got to be Kansas City. You got to be Kansas City. Then that's and and that's going to be a big game. That week is going to be a big game for Buffalo and obviously everyone involved in that game and all the Bills fans and everyone who's going to the game. Which there seems to be a lot of a lot of the mafia going to Kansas City for that game. Um, 
But th- you're right. You have to be Kansas City, and you're only going to be as good as what you are until you beat Kansas City. People will really start talking about you as a legitimate team when they beat Kansas City, or if they beat Kansas City. Well, they, Nick, have, they have a quarterback drafted above Mahomes on their team now, so they got Trubisky in there. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true. And I'm comfortable, by the way, and, and then we'll, we're going to wrap up, but I'm comfortable with Trubisky being the number two back, and I'm comfortable with him coming in in case – uh, yeah, that's that, that's conference. might be the Bills' best move of the offseason. I think so. I think so. And if he leaves next year, I think they can get up to like a second round pick, and you know, uh, because they lost him to free agency. Uh, I think that with the comp pick, you mean? Yeah, yeah, he would he would qualify them. I think I don't know, but but it depends like the, just the volume of people in and out. But it is possible to get a comp pick from him if he signs for a nice deal. That should be interesting this offseason then. See what they do with today. Maybe Trubisky's like, no, man, Buffalo's the best city ever, and I'm staying there for the rest of my career, and I'm fine being a backup. I would be fine with that. <laughs> but, Nick, uh, let's wrap up real quick um, with a word from our sponsors at Ethos Performance Rehab. Ethos Performance Rehab. Listen, we are taught – let me say the name again. Ethos Performance Rehab, Okay. If you, everyone knows, oh my gosh, I broke my leg. I needed surgery. I need to go to PT after. All right. If you need that, definitely give them a call. But their clientele at their gym they're in, they're inside a mustache barbell and fitness, which is a very nice powerlifting gym. Okay. Performance rehab. We have people all over town just dealing with pain, dealing with soreness, dealing with injuries that they should have got looked at five years ago. If you have something that's lingering and you know, you can do better. You know you didn't hit PT hard enough. You know you should probably get it looked at. You know there might be an injury in your past and you haven't really strengthened the muscles around there and it's it's kind of hurting you and you know that there's work to be done. Call Ethos Performance Rehab, all right? Dr. Matt, Dr. Zach, they are great. They work with your body. They show you exactly you know, what pulls what and what connects here and they know. I mean, when I was there, they told me, okay, you were going to do this exercise, but only lift it up to 30 degrees because after 30 degrees, the other muscle takes on more of a pull and we're trying to isolate this muscle. All right. They know their stuff. Ethosperformancerehab at gmail.com or reach them out, hit them up on social media. Tell them the process sent you. You won't regret it. Yeah, Nick, I actually worked with uh, Dr. Matt during uh, the uh, you know quarantine. Um, you know, obviously I live in Atlanta, but Dr. Matt helped me over social media over zoom how did you uh, not tell me this i thought i you should have known this i was dr matt is your brother i figured you know maybe uh, okay listen I, he I, takes doctor patient confidentiality they do take serious over there i didn't even know this i was having some issues with my flexibility and dr matt helped me out uh to become more flexible like what i used to be back in the day not not at my age of 31 anymore uh, but 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 he was a, a huge help in that. So call Dr. Matt, call Dr. Zach over at Ethos Performance Rehab. Um, give him a call. Look him up on Instagram at Ethos Performance Rehab on Instagram. Uh, Nick, before we go, where can we find you on the old Twitter machine? Twitter at Nick Veronica, Facebook.com slash buy Nick Veronica. There you go. Buy Nick Veronica. If you, by the way, I have to say, I'm going to give you a little shout out here, Nick. Oh, thanks. Nick writes some of the best stuff that you're going to read from any sports writer in the city of Buffalo. So check out Nick's Facebook because if it's not on his Twitter, it's usually on his Facebook page. Um, There's a lot of retweets clogging up the uh, Facebook, right. mostly articles. And, and and if I and if anything, maybe I'm saying this because you're my best friend, but Nick is hands down the 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 best sports writer in Buffalo. 
give them a read if you haven't if you haven't oh uh, done that before. Too kind. You're you too know, kind. I'm trying is, trying my is, best. This is not true facts, but I appreciate them nonetheless. I'm trying my best. Um, find the process uh, podcast on Twitter at the underscore process pod. Find Follow us. Hit us up. Ask us a question on Twitter. We like reader questions. We do like reader questions. Have Listener more questions, questions the better. Slide into those DMs. Ask us questions. Ooh. Uh, Charlie, we we have some Sabres talk coming up later this week, right? We're talking with Brayden Wilson from WGR, seeing mm. what the heck is going on with Jack Eichel. His agent's sending out a 11 o'clock p.m. Friday press release. Weird stuff going on over there. I'm looking forward to that talk probably a lot more than you are. So uh, mm. that, that should be a good one. I'm still in Sabres mode right now after everything going on this offseason. Um, but we'll find out if you if you're curious to see what I think about the series, you can follow me on Twitter at Chawit68. Uh, might go look I, right now. I've been a little heated with the uh, <laughs> Sabres and the Pagulas, as you could probably tell from the beginning of this podcast. But again, we appreciate you guys all listening, tuning in. Keep an eye out for our next po- uh, podcast with Brayton Wilson of WGR 550. Um, and we will probably have that out later on this week, Nick. I think we got like almost two dropping this yeah, week. Yeah, we're trying to we're trying to react to the Eichel news, so we're going to see what goes on there. Yeah, it'd be great if he gets traded right before the podcast. We have a lot to talk about. Um, although maybe Brayton might have to run on air, so who knows. Um, but keep keep your ears open, keep your eyes open to that podcast dropping later on this week as well. Follow us again on Twitter at the underscore process pod. Uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, give us a rate, subscribe, like, questions, all that good stuff. Don't don't be afraid. Hit us up, and remember to always trust the process. Thank you.